Patrice Washington is an award-winning author, transformational speaker, hope-restoring coach, and media personality. Patrice got her start as your favorite personal finance expert, America's Money Maven, having tremendous success with her mindset approach to personal finance. She has since expanded her brand and mission, encouraging women to chase purpose, not money. Patrice is committed to redefining the term wealth using its original meaning, well-being. She encourages women to have wealth in all aspects of their life by pursuing their purpose, being fulfilled, and earning more without ever chasing money. Through her teachings, Patrice empowers women to look at life through the lens of abundance and opportunity instead of lack and scarcity. As the founder of Redefining Wealth and the Earn More Money movement for women, Patrice Washington has built a thriving community of high-achieving women committed to creating a powerful life vision in their careers, home, health, and their personal finances. What I really enjoyed about this interview is that Patrice just like talking with Patrice just felt like talking with a friend. And sometimes you see people one way, but then when you meet them somewhere else, that's not how they are. And that's not a person of integrity. And with Patrice, it, it was just, again, it just everything you see on her social media platform, everything you hear on her Redefining Wealth podcast is really who she is. And so I'm so excited to introduce her to the Black Girls of Purpose community. For those of you who have never heard of her, or who have never met her, we talk about so many good things. And so I hope you will tune in and that you'll share it with somebody in your community if you really enjoy this episode. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Patrice. much for being on the podcast, Patrice. I'm so excited to be introducing you to the Black Girls of Purpose community for those who have not heard of you, but I know there are a lot of our listeners who do listen to you. So it's always cool when we can kind of combine the two audiences. Yeah. And I've shared your your professional bio, but I always like to have my guests come and tell people something that they might not read on their bio or, you know, hear them say before they come onto a stage when they're doing a speaking engagement. Hmm. What's something you might not hear? Well, you may not hear that I am a terrible cook. No, I'm clear. Like, so no, that's, that's my choice. I've learned to say that that's my choice. Okay, now okay. that I have more time, maybe yes. I will put that into learning how to cook things that are a bit more edible okay. <laughs> and suitable for human consumption. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the thing about me, there's a lot, right? There's so many layers, but I will say one of the things that... I believe people experience with me is that I'm the same on and off stage mm-hmm. or on and offline. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is the point of, I mean, for me, that is what really highlights being authentic mm-hmm. and, you know, being transparent. I share mm-hmm. so much on my podcast or although I don't always share, I don't always remember to share things on social media because mm-hmm. I'm in the moment. Right. I exactly. feel that, so much of what I've shared on the podcast are not things I ever thought I would say publicly Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I was known as a finance expert. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while it's not in my bio, talking about how I grew up feeling very ugly and the steps I needed to take to to heal Mm -hmm. and forgive people who would never say I'm sorry 
um, or talking about my relationship with my husband and different things that we've been through or struggles raising my daughter with um, affection because I didn't really have that type of affection as a kid or, you know, my own ups and downs with my faith over the years, all those things mm -hmm. I never thought would be so much a part of my professional life. So yeah. now it's like a blur. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now yeah. it's like people have learned so much about me that I'm not even really sure what's yeah. versus professional. Yeah. But I think that's good. I think it just ties into being a person of integrity. And I know that I've had experiences where I would interact with a person maybe virtually in terms of like listening to their podcast or watching their show or whatever the case may be. And then I meet them in person and they're completely different. And, you know, it just ruins it. Because it I was really excited to meet them. And oh. now I feel like I need to unsubscribe for their email list. I need to unsubscribe. Girl, not I feel like I have literally mm -hmm. met people in the airport or I remember one year speaking at Essence Festival mm -hmm. and there was a woman in particular and was big, like women's empowerment type mm -hmm. of thing. And she didn't realize that I was a speaker too mm. and met her. And I was like, Oh, so-and-so it's such a pleasure to meet you. I really love your work. I love what you do. And when I tell you the look up and down the face, the dismissive attitude until later when I was also mm. being introduced on the stage after that, it was like, Hey, like a completely different air. And I was like, Hmm. No, because you showed me <laughs> who you were earlier yeah, when you yeah. didn't think I had a platform or right. any type of notoriety. And that's what I've always said. Like, God, no matter what you do with my platform, allow me to always be very aware of the purpose of all of this, mm -hmm. because all of this is to give you glory. Like right. I've been clear since I've been an entrepreneur, which is 20 years now. That mm. sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. But 20 years now that any business I had um, was always underlying a ministry. And so that I always want to be a light and that people see Christ no matter what. Right. Um, and so I don't believe that you can do that cursing people out and giving them the up and down look and like none of that seems Christ like to me. So um, but the other thing is, it's not an act either. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like I have to conform and be this way because mm -hmm. I don't want people to think I'm mm -hmm. not on brand. Yeah, it's not that it's mm -hmm. just. I am who I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And no matter how you feel about it or how um, someone else treats me or any, you know, the trolls, the this, the that, mm -hmm. the nasty emails or what. Yeah, I'm not going to break character. Mm -hmm. This is just who I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that takes the pressure off to be like, wait, did I speak to that person? Or, you know, could be. And I, I it's funny that you're saying that too, because I think that when people have smaller businesses, they are nice to everybody because they don't know who might be the person that connects them with the person and gets them with the thing and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then as they get higher up, right, quote unquote, they forget how they got started. And then other people come to them for advice and they're saying, oh my gosh, I'm so interested in starting a podcast or yeah. you know, I'm really thinking about doing this. How, how did you get started? And they say, oh girl, you know, Everybody, they'll say something that sounds good. Everyone's journey is different. You really just got to do what works for you. But really, that's a cop out because you think, oh, well, 
I work to get this knowledge so I can't just be giving it away for free. Mm-hmm. And I think there was an interview that you did um, with, who was it? Um, I think it was the Women of Impact interview. Yes. And you were talking about being able to ask people for help. But in, in, in being able to ask people for help, you also have to be willing to be that help that other people are asking for. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. I, think, I think what's interesting, though, is that you're a coach, right? I mean, that's part of many things that right. you do. And so how do you decide? And I, and I know that part of that is Holy Spirit discernment, but discernment between, okay, this person is somebody, I feel like God's just, yes, normally this is something I would charge for, but I'm just going to share with you. And then also knowing where to draw the line, because sometimes people do constantly tell, hey, girl, um, so, you know. Right, absolutely. I got this three-week update, and this is where I've been since last. And you said, this is starting to feel kind of like a client relationship. And right, exactly. Relationship. Exactly. So for me at this stage, it is really discernment. It's case mm-hmm. by case. I, the Holy Spirit has to CC me. Mm-hmm. You know, when people are like, God told me, that you were going to do X, Y, and Z. I don't Mm. like people using faith as Mm. a crutch and I don't like people using faith to manipulate, Mm. right? Mm. So typically if God told you, right, Mm -hmm. more than likely that would be confirmed for me Mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. If I went off of every what God told me story that I received, I can't tell, I wouldn't have a business. Mm. I would, you know, I would have a a nice hobby maybe. but I wouldn't really have much else. And the, the reality is it, I do run a business, mm-hmm. but there are so many times when we have um, given people free access or we've worked with people on um, massaging payments to fit, mm-hmm. their, to fit their budget or doing whatever. But for me, it is a case by case. Mm-hmm. It's usually Holy Spirit led. Mm-hmm. I've had um, a lot of young women in particular, I would say like college student age or, mm-hmm. you know, a little out of that who will say, um, I really want to come to this or come to that or whatever. And if I'm led in that moment, I'll be like, here's a discount code. I yeah. want you to be in the room. Right. But I usually feel it. Mm-hmm. It's not forced. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's case by case to me. I don't mm-hmm. think you can be manipulated um, or you should be manipulated. And that's actually one of the, the struggles that a lot of my clients have mm-hmm. um, because I do serve a lot of very purpose-driven, spirit-led women. And the trouble they have with pricing their services or just charging for anything is, well, I think this is my God-given gift. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm supposed to use it to bless people. But here's what I've learned over the years and why I've had to shift is that I truly believe that for many people, there is no transformation without transaction. Mm -hmm. And I have given people access to, I mean, very valuable programs mm-hmm. or bless people with one-on-one coaching sessions with me. And when I tell you they did nothing with it, mm-hmm. that is the most hurtful thing mm-hmm. when you know you are giving people such value and that they literally can take the same things that you've used mm-hmm. to go and create not maybe the exact same results, but mm-hmm. some type of result beyond where they are and they do nothing. And mm-hmm. I've found over and over and over again that many people who get it for free, they don't respect it. Yeah, they don't so understand the value. They don't understand the value. Mm-hmm. And so me, it's re- it's a responsibility to make sure that there's some level mm-hmm. of investment so mm-hmm. that you will actually take it seriously mm-hmm. and do the work. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, people are like, but you're a believer. As a believer, I'm called to help in many ways. Like mm-hmm. the truth is, 
Um, you know, when I look at the many ways my husband and I have been able to give without even thinking twice mm -hmm. about it, mm -hmm. that is because I understand the value of my professional mm -hmm. life, right? Yeah. If I gave everyone a concession, how could I really be effective in the kingdom mm -hmm. to those who are truly in need? Right. I can't. Right. Yeah. And and I like that you said truly in need, not who are trying to get a leg up because they feel like, okay, if I do this, then I'm going to be farther ahead. And I love that, that some people will not experience true transformation without transaction. I think... And sometimes it's not even, you know, sometimes it's a, and, and I, I listened to a lawyer say this, I think this was on the Kingdom Entrepreneur, Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur podcast. And he was saying some, with some people, he said, I've told, he said, I will tell them, you know, what the price is and I'll have them pay it. And he said, and then God will lead me to give them their money back. He said, but it will be because God said they weren't going to take this seriously without investing in it first, because he said, I need you to know that this is a valuable service that I'm offering. Uh -huh. And so now that you have some buy-in and it's costing you something, right, that now we can really do business. And and I think I, I've experienced similar things where, you know, I've worked for something and then given it to somebody and you look up and they didn't do anything with it. But I can also say for the people who do something with it, it makes you want to help them even more. Were you like, oh exactly. my God, just That's that what I was going to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have gone with my clients. They know too, whatever program you may have signed up for or whatever thing you may have done, it is really exciting, quite frankly, to see people take information, do something with it. And, you know, get to a certain result, it makes you want to give more. Mm -hmm. And the thing about my communities is I've never been one of those people who are like, and then do this and then do this. Like they're hiding the good stuff, yes. right? So that you could end up, you know, going up their value ladder mm -hmm. deeper, mm -hmm. deeper, deeper. I'm telling my clients, I want you to not need me. I want yes. to give you so much in this experience that you need the next coach mm -hmm. or the next level of personal professional development. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't get rid of me if you're my client. Mm -hmm. like, if I yeah. see something that's still going to be a blessing for you, I'm not going to be like, too bad she's not still in my community. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, I'm always tagging them in things or saying like, Hey, this would really, you need to be doing some content around mm -hmm. this. It would really, mm -hmm. like, you know, bring awareness to your brand or this or that. So, you know, I think one of the big challenges out here in this space where it's so filled with so many coaches now um, and consultants is that people want more and more, but they're not willing to give the value. Like, I feel like as a believer, it's your responsibility to operate not just in integrity, but in excellence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jordan Rayner said this on my podcast. Uh, he wrote a book called The, the Master, Master of One Book. Yes, yes, I listened to that yes. episode. So good. <laughs> and the book is so good. But he was talking about that basically as a believer to operate in mediocrity does God like a complete disservice. Mm. Like you dishonor your father. And mm. I'm always really careful with my clients too. I want to be the example that they see of someone delivering over and above. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do charge premium prices but I give and give and give and then give some more and then give some more and then give some more um, because I genuinely care about the byproduct, which at the end of the day, it's a ripple effect. The women that I serve are purpose-driven just as yeah. I am. So if I serve them in all these different niches that they're in and then they, and that, mm -hmm. that goes on and on. Now, how many more people um, are doing 
work in this world that bring God's glory, that brings God glory, right? And I feel like I have a responsibility to teach because I used to not do any type of coaching. Mm -hmm. But I started to coach because primarily I saw so many really great people going to really shady coaches Mm -hmm. and I knew they were good kingdom people Mm -hmm. who were getting sucked into using gimmicks and tricks Mm -hmm. that the world uses as Mm -hmm. opposed to being obedient and Mm -hmm. spirit-led and just adding some strategy to it, but not getting into all of the shady, scammy, Mm -hmm. salesy, manipulative stuff. And I was like, well, if no one is really teaching them from that perspective, who am I to sit back and go, they need to do better. The Holy Spirit was like, well, you need to help. You Mm -hmm. can help. Because you can't sit back and not not right. say anything, right? And not offer an alternative, right? So that's actually how I got into coaching. But that is like why, you know, I do believe in charging, mm-hmm. um, but not without adding value and mm-hmm. not without doing it in integrity. Yeah. So I love that you talked about just starting to get into coaching because I was talking with another um, black girl with purpose. I think maybe like this sometime in this past week and we were talking about how especially when you are a faith-based entrepreneur you start with one thing and then it becomes all these other things it wasn't like you were trying to start a coaching business or trying to start you, you know you, you yes you started with finance and then realized that there are all these other pillars right of wealth mm-hmm. that don't have anything to do with money and so mm-hmm. share a little bit about how you navigate that journey and how you feel when God, when you feel like God's calling you to do more, add more to your business. And it's usually in, in a, in a field that you don't have necessarily have a ton of experience in, or even if you have experience, you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to need assistance with this. So when I was first being called to pivot, um, a few years ago, going on four years now, um, Given a little backstory, so I was known and I've been known for over 10 years as America's money maven. So I was definitely finance expert, budgeting, savings, mm-hmm. credit, debt mm-hmm. elimination, all those things. And I did that in media. I did that for four years on the Steve Harvey Morning Show weekly segment. I did that in television. And there was one point when I was on the Dr. Oz show where it, the segment was about um, saving on groceries. Mm-hmm. And I was moving this, you know, Dr. Oz always loves a good visual. So (laughs) they had like this board with like felt tip or Velcroed vegetable Mm -hmm. cutouts, moving Mm -hmm. it from one side to the next. And I felt that still small voice like, "Mm, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? And I was like, I know, what am I doing? I'm like, but it's Dr. Oz, God, with the service. But what are you doing? This is not what I've called you to do. Like, when you were on the bathroom floor in the middle of that recession, bawling, snot and crying and mm-hmm. asking me, God, why me? And I was revealing things to you. And I showed you Proverbs 17, 16, which said, what good is money in the hands of a fool mm-hmm. if he had no desire to seek wisdom? Mm-hmm. You said on the floor in the midst of that snotty, ugly cry with all those tears, God, I want to, I want to help people see that this journey is not just about chasing money. It's mm-hmm. about seeking wisdom. Mm-hmm. That was, I said, God, when you restore me, I want to go everywhere I can and tell people this, right? Mm -hmm. That is what I said in that teeny tiny apartment after my home foreclosed and I fled to Louisiana from Mm -hmm. Southern California. That is what I said in that itty bitty box of an apartment. And 
Then I started a blog that turned into writing for websites like Black Enterprise, Hello Beautiful, then magazines, um, then doing radio and television and the books and all the things, right? Mm -hmm. So now here I am, fast forward six, seven years, and I'm in national media, and I am not necessarily telling people what I have learned to be the truth Mm -hmm. about wealth. I'm telling them what they want to hear. I'm telling them what people in the personal finance box tell them every time they get on a show. You know, I'm a young African-American girl, so different flavor. Yes. Same, right? Different flavors, same stuff. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit was like, what about the truth? You said Mm -hmm. the truth. Because really behind the scenes for years, I was, I didn't know I was building anything in particular, but I knew that there were very specific things that I believed to be helping me rebuild Mm -hmm. my life beyond what it was the first time. Right. But I didn't talk about it openly and I didn't call it anything. In that moment in Dr. Oz, I was disgusted with myself. Mm. Like, how did you become this person? Because you believe in chasing purpose, not money. But now are you doing these things because of the money? I'm like, oh. So I got that gut check. Mm. Um, and at first it was like, I call it a pebble. I call it the boulder effect. So it was like, that was the pebble. It was like that little mm, mm. discomfort, but I was also on television. So I had to just finish what I was doing <laughs> right. right in New York. Then I went back to California where I lived at the time and a couple weeks went by and I kind of ignored it. Like many of us do when the Holy Spirit tells us something when we know that we should be doing something else, when we know we've been called in a direction, we negotiate. Yeah. You know. Delay. We delay because delayed obedience is still disobedience, Mm -hmm. right? We um, make excuses. We come up with all the things. We're like, well, God, you know I'm busy right now, right? Not right now. Mm -hmm. You mean later. Right. Clearly. You know I got these contracts that I've already signed. Right. You know, sorry, still going Mm -hmm. on. So you, Mm -hmm. right? So I did that. And then a couple of weeks later, my PO, PO box, I received a letter from a company who said that my trademark was infringing upon theirs mm. out of the blue. Now, mind you, now, mind you, I had been using my trademark for years, mm. years. This was the first time someone came out of the blue and said anything. Right. And they wow. were actually a really big brand. So they were they had the lawyers to go back and forth. My mm-hmm. attorney was like, girl, you sure this what you want to do? <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, are you serious? She was like, mm, I can keep going back and forth, but it's going to get costly for you. And to mm-hmm. them, it's a drop in the bucket. So we went from the pebble to the stone. Mm-hmm. But I was busy. I was working. I was going here and there. I was speaking everywhere. And then one day I wake up and people have sent me all these messages and social media and emails. My site had been hacked and not just like a little, Oh, it was hacked. They redirected to some unsavory site. No, someone went in and literally deleted all of the files, all of the files, all of the blog posts, like the, like everything was gone. And when I was on the phone with the hosting company, the guy says, you seem like a really nice person. I Did you do something to somebody? And I mm. said, no, I don't bother anybody. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is one of the worst hacks I've ever seen. And I've been here for like seven years. And I'm like, he's like, this is really bad. You have a shell of a site. And this is someone who knew how 
to go in. Like this was intentional because this, it wasn't a widespread thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? I literally, when I tell you I don't bother nobody, mm-hmm. like I literally don't bother people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how could this happen? But that was the boulder. Mm-hmm. Because just so happens that everything that I used to talk about was wiped mm-hmm. out. And I was like, okay, God, mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do. I'm going to stop being disobedient because you're clearly trying to get me yeah. to pivot and do what I was supposed to do. And I took everything down and I did, I did the pivot to redefining mm-hmm. wealth because that had been in my spirit, but I didn't know if people could receive that from me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've been in this money box the whole time. So who am I to start having conversations about mental health mm-hmm. or physical fitness or relationships or faith as prevalently as I knew I right. needed to do it? Um, or my space, you know, all these things that I, that I was doing personally, I was like, who am I? So when you ask, like, what is that like? First of all, several times in my life, I can honestly say I was not obedient the first time. Mm. My word for this year is obedience. It is that I've been in Deuteronomy grow over and over again. Mm. Deuteronomy 28 is mm-hmm. like my constant meditation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because that was a challenge for me, always putting other things first, you mm-hmm. know, and not putting it first intentionally, right. but thinking, oh, I'll get to that. Yeah. When Priscilla Schreier said, um, God doesn't speak to be heard, he speaks to be obeyed. Mm. And so when you talk about pivoting, changing, mm-hmm. um, doing anything different in your life, in your career, in your business, the thing that I'm learning is, man, when you are obedient, the blessing that comes with that, mm-hmm. when I finally surrendered and, and launched Redefining Wealth, and then later on that year, again, not intending to launch a podcast at all, mm-hmm. but following obedience, mm-hmm. made it happen within three weeks. And Redefining Wealth, you know, the brand itself, the podcast, those two were probably the most significant and greatest things I could have ever done in my mm-hmm. career. And they did not come from me. They were all Holy Spirit led. There was no way. There's no way. And every time I've launched something in the last couple of years and I've made it about me, mm-hmm. it has not flourished. Mm-hmm. When it has been Holy Spirit led and I am simply being obedient and moving without knowing what the whole thing looks like. Because that's the thing too. Mm-hmm. We like to be like, well, what is it all going to look like? Yeah. That's not how God works. He reveals the next best step for yeah. me. I've learned he reveals the next best step because honestly, if he showed me everything that it would entail or encompass, I would probably be too overwhelmed and never start. Yep. Yep. So I'm like, what's the net? Okay. Just do this. Let Mm -hmm. me do this. And then as I do that, um, the way people places, opportunities, resources are divinely put on my path. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's all from obedience. Yeah. And I love that you spoke on that because I was talking with another woman about purpose, right? And what it is that we've been placed on this earth to do. And I know you share on, on I think it's a YouTube video that you have, it's just talking about how to find your purpose and it talks about, and, and I talk about that in my book, The Black Girl's Guide to Living on Purpose as well. It's like starting with your gifts. What are the things that come naturally to you? Because people often seem to overlook the things that come naturally to them. Right. And I'm going to ask you a question about that in just a moment. But what one thing that I love that she shared, she, she asked a question that I didn't, haven't heard a lot of people say. And she said, 
okay, after you look at your gifts and your talents, she said, where does God show you favor? Like, where, where are the doors that just continue to open up where you're just like, God, what? Like, what's happening? And what I find so interesting with that is that there are so many things that I've tried to launch in the past and it just was a wall, a wall, a wall, uh-huh, a wall, right? Uh-huh. And then I, there's this other area where God is continuing to open the doors, but I don't want to go through that door because <laughs> one, that's not what the, the direction I plan on going, or two, that's not the area I feel confident in. And so for you, even talk, it's like, well, this is the finance area. I feel like I can handle the finance. You're telling me to talk about fitness uh-huh. and faith and like, I don't know about that. Let me just go back over to this finance thing. And so when she asked that question, I was like, okay, girl, what, what areas of favor are you completely ignoring? And I realized it's the people that God connects me to. That's where he has shown me favor in that. Yeah. Even if I don't have the ability to pay somebody, it, he has put someone in our community. That's like, girl, it's fine. Like you can help me with this and I'll help you with that. And, and so there's so many relationships I have where we're just bartering for services until yeah. we both make it. Right. And so, um, I, Wanted to ask you, though, going back to the video that you did and and what I was just saying about the gifts that people have naturally, why do you think it's so easy for people to overlook the things that come naturally to them? And then tying it even to what you were saying about charging, where they're saying, no, like, I mean, I know I make the best cupcakes in all of Louisiana or all of Texas, (laughs) but like, you know, everybody does that or I can't charge people or people aren't going to pay for X, Y, and Z. So there's so much there that we can unpack. So the very first thing I would say with the gifts, for me in particular, I believe that I overlooked my gifts because the people that I grew up with didn't acknowledge them. They weren't particularly acknowledged. So many of us don't see our gifts because our gifts are the very thing that a lot of people dismissed and may have said, that ain't nothing, or who do you think you are? or you need to stop that. Um, One of the things that I always joke about now, and now that I have a 12-year-old daughter that loves to talk, it's like my mom is like, this is payback, right? Mm -hmm. But when I was little, I talked a lot. I got straight A's, but I always had talks too much on the report card, never Mm -hmm. failed. And people say, you talk too much, you talk too much, you need to be quiet, you talk too much. But the very thing that I get paid to do very well these Mm -hmm. days is talk. Whether it be on a mic, on you know, on stage, on yeah. video, brands pay me. Literally, all I do all day is talk. But yeah. that's the thing that I didn't think mattered. Mm. I thought it was the numbers because I started out in real estate. I was a business major, emphasizing entrepreneurial studies. Mm. Um, so I never understood that my words matter. I thought that my first book was published in 2012. My mom showed me different things all through childhood where I was actually published in little collaborative Mm. types of poetry books or this or that, fifth grade, seventh grade. I never thought of those things. I never saw myself as a published author or a writer, but it is the very thing, again, that I ended up getting paid really well Mm. to do. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, you know, our who we are to ourselves kind of blends in the background and we Mm. highlight and illuminate what other people's talents are. Mm. right so we start to look at other people and go but look at Susie look at how she plays basketball Mm -hmm. look at this person and how they can sing look at this person and how they can you know crochet and do those things (laughs) and so we start to compare apples to oranges because we were all born with a gift of talent skill something that God gave us freely Mm -hmm. to produce wealth and so yes I completely agree with like looking back over your life and looking at those times in life that 
always brought you the most energy, the most joy, and the things that you were able to do effortlessly mm-hmm. and realize that's the thing. Yeah. We want it to be hard, especially as Black women. Mm-hmm. I feel that many of us grew up hearing, you need to work twice as hard to be half as good. Mm-hmm. If that's the mentality, something that comes naturally to you that you don't consider to be hard Mm. you don't think that that's the thing because you think i gotta go somewhere and work super hard in Mm. order to be respected or credible or profitable or all the things um and when i get on a stage that is the best check for the most fun like i you know it's not as hard it's hard to leave my family sometimes but it's not difficult work it took me a while to accept that that was it though. Mm. It really did. Um, you said something else. I also want to say too, something to think about that purpose evolves. Mm. And as we are exposed to more people, more circumstances, um, more resources, more examples out there, what we may see as our purpose today mm. may take a different shape later. And we have mm. to be okay with embracing that. Mm. I think that sometimes people think that once you quote unquote discover your purpose that is what your life is going to look like forever and when i look back over the last 15 years of my life it's almost like every five years has only been the setup for the next five years Mm -hmm. and i think that's what god does he's like okay because if i show her 25 years from now her mind is going to be blown Mm -hmm. because there's a gap yeah she doesn't know these things yet she Mm -hmm. hasn't been exposed to these things yet that type of experience doesn't click, doesn't make sense. It's not until it's introduced to you, you know, that you even know it's a thing. Many of us don't know what we don't know. Right. And so all along the way, like you said, God is bringing people into your life to show you what you don't know. Yeah. Because now that's something that you can add to that purpose mm-hmm. and expand, right? Purpose expands and it evolves. Yeah. Um, but I want to say, girl, because you you put so much in that little moment. <laughs> I know. Um, um, I said this, I did a webinar last year called how to chase purpose Mm -hmm. and one of the things that i shared with the audience was similar your gifts and talents um you know your experience and education what the need is in the marketplace but also understanding where are you being called it's only Mm -hmm. a calling if god is open is like opening those doors i think sometimes people confuse like their gifts with their calling Mm -hmm. your gift is the thing the calling has to come from it being requested Facts. by others just because you are really now some people also confuse passion with all of this mm-hmm. i may be passionate about singing you're not gonna buy my solo album yeah. you're not gonna buy me in a choir okay <laughs> i need to keep my singing to the shower at yeah. best yeah right People will go, well, follow your passion. And no, some people are putting a lot of time mm-hmm. in something that, that is a passion. That is what you would like to do. That's yeah. cute for you. But that's not what God has called you to do. If he had called you to do it, you will be getting winks along mm-hmm. the way in some form or fashion. I don't believe, I know people are like, well, they have, they held on for 20 years. That's looking at it as if they got no winks for 19 and a half years mm-hmm. and then boom, all of a sudden they got a wink. No, Mm -hmm. what keeps you going is because you're getting winks of some Mm -hmm. kind. You're meeting people that will barter. You're having a conversation with someone in line at Starbucks Mm -hmm. and they mention something. For me, I never knew what a blog was Mm -hmm. because I owned a brick and mortar business. 
So when the business failed as a result of the recession mm-hmm. and I ended up in Metairie, Louisiana, I was in a Starbucks and I got into a conversation with a few women. They were there together. I talked to one woman in line and she's like, oh, we're mommy bloggers. Mm. I was like, well, what is that? And she's like, you know, and she told me what a blog was. I didn't, I, and I was like, mommy blog. I didn't understand wow. the concept at all. I was a mm-hmm. new mom too. So I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So then I looked her up and saw that, right? Mm-hmm. About a week or two later, I had my experience on the bathroom floor where I'm bawling this night and crying and the Holy Spirit is leading me down this path of looking at, well, what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? And mm-hmm. I'm having all these epiphanies and I'm like, oh my gosh, other people need to know. Mm-hmm. And what is he dropping my spirit? Do it in a blog. Mm-hmm. I had no even thought of what, a, I didn't know two weeks before what a blog mm-hmm. was. I got up off that bathroom floor. I found a blogspot.com, a free mm-hmm. way to put up a blog. Mm-hmm. I did it the next day. And my blog was how I got discovered. I did not have a, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. If God would have said, go to Louisiana and you're going to start a blog. I'd be like, well, what is that? Why am I right? So it's revealed in bits and pieces and all of those things have helped evolve. But, you know, truly the thing that kept calling me were the people responding and the mm-hmm. doors opening and the bartering opportunities like mm-hmm. you're talking about mm-hmm. that I started with. My girl, I was bartering hair, nails, Come eyebrow classes, yes. like anything that could be bartered. I was like, yes. I can help you manage your books. Right. I just need two, two colors a month. <laughs> you know, like that was it. But because yeah. I knew I was providing value to those. Now, see, I didn't even think about this. When I was bartering, it was with business owners. Mm-hmm. So I was basically coaching them i didn't mm-hmm. call it coaching mm-hmm. but i was helping them set up their businesses streamline mm-hmm. systems do all these things that i had done in my seven figure mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. you would have never told me that i would end up coaching other business owners yeah. right but it's it's been a i've been called into it yeah yeah so here we are yeah and i think you know just the theme it just keeps going back to obedience because yes. I, I mean back in 2017 so a bit a bit of my story our our listeners know this but I'll share this with you um my I I was going down the path right like had just published my book or starting to get invited places to speak and then I felt like uh God was like get off birth control and I was like oh wait just hold on Jesus um like you said start negotiating God you know We had just got, my husband and I had just gotten married and mind you, like had not had sex until we got married. So I was like, Lord, this definitely can't be you because like, we're doing it your way. Like, I just, I mean, come on, like, what do you mean? So I, I think I, I think the first time he told me, I actually didn't get on birth control. I, 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 and it was funny, the timing that he placed it in, right. It was the week that I was supposed to like get back on it. And he was like, don't refill that prescription. I said, okay. So I told my husband, he's like, all right. And then a month goes by and I don't get pregnant. So I'm like, okay, like let's relook at our options. And I start telling myself, I said, like, maybe this is going to be one of those like public service announcements where you find out, oh, there's been a recall. It's causing these things. And I was like, God was saving my life. So I call our pastor up and I'm like, pastor, uh, pastor Chip, he was the one who officiated our wedding. I said, does God tell you when to have kids? Like trying to, you know, frame it. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, boom got him so we have this conversation whatever and then he said at the end of the conversation 
He said, Bree, I know I said all this stuff. He said, but I just want you to know that God is still the giver of life. So whether you're on birth control or not, if God wants you to have a baby right now, you're going to have a baby. And I was like, okay, thanks for letting me know. So again, going into my planning mode of like, what can we do? That's not the pill, all these things. Right. We conceive my first son that night like that I can trace it to that night and it's great I'm like God for real like but the conversation that had happened prior to because and I love that analogy the the pebble versus the boulder like God had told me at this event when he said okay we're not going to do the we're not going to do birth control and then a couple weeks had passed and then we were actually at a different church and the pastor was talking about obedience and he said you know we all have that one percent we all have that thing that we're like okay god you can have everything in my life except for this and so i said we're we're driving back home and i told my husband i said i think a baby is my one percent where i'm like okay god business everything like i surrender that to you but this whole fertility pregnancy like I'm gonna hold Mm -hmm. on to that because I don't feel like I'm ready for that and in the obedience and and you know my story is it's still developing right like you said it's evolving but even in even now almost three years later because as I shared offline my my son will be three in June I'm seeing the way that God developed my character and that he was preparing me so that when I had all the things like you keep saying, and it's funny that you're saying that because I use that a lot too, all the things. When I had all the things, I would be able to steward over them properly Mm -hmm. and that I would understand that it was never about the money. It was about my identity. And what I tell people is that God had to show me that my identity was not in my income. Yes. And, And when you talked about the things that people don't affirm, for me, that's what it is, is that people... And, you know, and family members, they're, they're like, oh, my gosh, love what you're doing. They're like, so what are you doing for work? And I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I, yeah, I just told you what I was doing. And you, like you said, you liked it and you was like excited. But like, and they're like, OK, well, so, you know, like, well, what are you going to do in the meantime? Right. And understand. And I've, I've talked with someone else about this. For some people, you are called to work full time in a job while building your part time business. Right. For whatever reason, and I may not ever know, or it may be five years, I'm like, oh, God was like, no, you're going to just do this. And he knows me. I know one reason is he knows me. If, if there's a company paying me, I'm not. I'm going to focus on them. They're going to be my God because I'm going to say, mm-hmm. God, they paying my bills. So I know you told me to do this podcast or start this blog or write this book, but like, they're telling me I have this 12 o'clock meeting. So can we push our thing back right. to, you know, three to six months maybe and kind of regroup? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, but if I wasn't obedient, I would have cheated myself of all the people that I've been able to meet and all the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, even us being in Texas is obedience to God. Um, and, I, and that wouldn't have come if I hadn't gotten pregnant again and had our second son. So it's just like, God, he knows the things that move us. And for yeah. some people, it's a baby. Some from people, it's a, ch- a paycheck. And so, yeah, yeah, there's just, there's just so much <laughs> fear there, you know? You, you know, some of us are called to be Nehemiah. Mm. and build the wall Mm. Mm -hmm. you know when nehemiah was called to go to jerusalem and rebuild the wall that had been you know torn down Mm -hmm. and um you know when he got there when people were trying to be a distraction and telling him to come down for all Mm -hmm. these various reasons you know he was like i'm doing a good work i cannot come down and while some people are called to still work for the king mm-hmm. and somehow go build the wall, mm-hmm. some of us are literally called to stay on the wall. Yeah. 
And you know that. I know that I'm not good employee material. I have Mm. been unemployable for a really (laughs) long time. Like you, when I had my quick stint working um, as a financial management consultant in Atlanta for a nonprofit, I, unlike you, I would not go to the meeting. They'd be like, uh, the meeting is mandatory. I'm like, "Uh, no, I don't get it. Because y'all like to meet for the meeting, plan for the meeting like post me I don't have time for that I'm actually doing the work I was hired to do Uh, uh and I was so good they couldn't let me go because I was really good at Mm. it I was like I'm not good at like being in a corporate America setting Mm -hmm. so for some of us we are called to stay Mm. on the wall and not come down not be distracted by anything else um because God's plan is just it's different it's great Mm -hmm. I mean whatever it is and it's not greater or lesser it's mm-hmm. just i think we're each called differently yeah. and we just have to learn to answer the call and the only way that we can answer the call is to know his voice and the only mm-hmm. way that we know his voice is to stay in the word mm-hmm. and it's such a cycle right like that's such a cycle like it is. the minute you get out of alignment i i did an episode about this about spiritual malnutrition mm-hmm. and how you can be you know, post and I'm booked and blessed and busy, busy, mm-hmm. booked and blessed and all mm-hmm. this stuff and get so consumed in being in the call that you forget who called you. Mm-hmm. And then you get consumed with doing all the things mm-hmm. and then you're not um, focused on what the word says. And that all kind of just goes back to obedience. But like I was I actually locked up in a hotel working on my book, on my fifth book. And I was snacking on trail mix, a Cape Cod mix. That's, mm-hmm. You know, I love mm-hmm. the trail mix and the, the almonds, cashews, and dry cranberries. And <laughs> it was just a snacking. And the Holy Spirit was like, mm, this, this, do you realize you can't survive on snacking? I'm like, mm. no, I'm not about to get up and go eat right now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in a flow. I just want to stay in my flow. And girl, when I tell you the Holy Spirit checked me, like, right, just how, this thing when you've been doing your little drive-by devotionals. Mm. and not meditating on the word and not mm. getting any real meat but you mm. can check off faith pillar mm. when I tell you feelings hurt I had to repent and get back on it mm-hmm. you know I was like this is how it happened so again I talk about the pillars the six pillars of wealth at, on mm. the podcast that redefining wealth but it is so easy even in the midst of thinking that you're doing God's work mm-hmm. to slip into all these other things if mm-hmm. you are not careful yeah not just being aware and if you're not just constantly like god i need wisdom and discernment and sometimes when we get it when it smacks you in the face mm-hmm. to be ready to be obedient mm-hmm. and i love what you said about surrendering i did an episode a couple years ago about um you can't be selective with surrender mm. and when you don't have any money it's really easy to surrender your finances you'd be like lord take it Right. I only got 30 cents anyway, but you, it's yours, Lord. It's yours, it's yours, Lord. Multiply it. Do the best you can. Do what you can with it, right? Yeah. Um, it's really easy to surrender our kids sometimes and not our spouses. Because mm-hmm. we're like, Lord, he needs special help, so I'm going to get him. Yeah. Get them, right? Yeah. Or surrender your home life, not your professional life. Or surrender mm-hmm. your professional life, not your home life. And that, too, is a constant check-in. Mm-hmm. you know, being aware of where am I not surrendering? Where am I trying to force and manipulate how this should go as opposed to accepting where you are leading me? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I stay in the flow? Cause I feel like 
it like God's stuff is kind of always moving along. If we would just kind of get out of the way, like if we get out of the way and let him work, man, and get out of the way, meaning stop trying to push our agenda. Mm -hmm. Just stop trying to push your agenda. And I know it's hard, especially for type A people. You know, if you're a super planner and you have from now until kingdom come all figured out exactly where your kids are going to go to college, even though they're two Mm -hmm. and you know who they're going to marry and what, you know, some Mm -hmm. people have this thing planned out, but we know that he laughs at our plans. Your job is to be obedient. Yeah. Like period. And I believe that you can truly chase purpose. You know, my motto is chase purpose, not Mm -hmm. money. So you can chase purpose when those two things are in place, if you're not willing to surrender, um, to even acknowledge it and embrace the gift so that you could be in purpose mm-hmm. in the first place, um, or be obedient because your creator is always leaving clues about what's next mm-hmm. or where to go next. Um, you know, it's going to be impossible to chase purpose. You will constantly find yourself falling mm-hmm. into a trap where you want to chase money. Um, even when it seems noble and sounds like I'm being responsible, right? still, it could be chasing money, Mm. which does not serve you or him. Yeah. And I think I would love for you to talk about pace. Cause as you were talking that that's just the word, the Holy Spirit is just like, it's really about pace and following God's pace and surrendering your pace. Um, and I know that, Uh um, you talked with Koya web about this on uh on a podcast episode and you guys were talking about you know just your morning and and that's something that's really important to me and like having a walk with God and I love this something that you say you're like nobody's getting divine downloads while like answering a bunch of emails Mm -hmm. or you know even while I'm recording I'm not typically getting a divine download or something you're doing a bunch of stuff it's when you slow down yes that God's like Oh, oh! Now you're oh, ready you have, to listen. You have you have room for me in your schedule. <laughs> Thank you so much for carving out this time. So, how do you work on pacing yourself as someone who has all these different hats that they have to wear, as being a wife and being a mom and having a business, and not just having a business, but multiple elements within your business? Like, how do yeah. you pace yourself? I, I think it's it's about being intentional. You know, I'm very intentional about my alone time. I'm very intentional about my morning routine. Um, I'm very intentional about how I set my days up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just intentionality. I think that a lot of people are looking for time as if it's hiding from them. You know, mm-hmm. people are like, well, how do you find the time? You don't find it, you make it. Mm-hmm. You know, what you calendar is typically what gets done. Yeah. So my life is calendared. My family's on my calendar. Mm-hmm. You know, doing things in my space pillar, my faith pillar, my fit pillar, those things are all on the calendar, which mm-hmm. is how they get done because I've trained myself to live by the calendar. Yeah. Unless, unless something happens and someone hijacks the calendar, which mm-hmm. happens sometimes on interviews or mm-hmm. different meetings or whatever. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, it's pretty much by the calendar. Yeah. Um, and so my, my prayer time in the morning to me is very sacred. I do have a prayer closet and, and literally a closet on the backside of my closet. There's mm-hmm. another room that's like my prayer room and spending time in that room is not like a, if I get to it, it's the priority. I don't really get to anything else until that's done. Mm-hmm. I changed my workout routine because I found myself getting up, going to the gym. And then when I come home to shower, I wanted to just get straight to work. So then my faith time was mm-hmm. getting all moved around. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I do faith time. And then gym needs to be rescheduled. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. But faith comes first for me. Um, but that's that, that quiet time, whether it be 
for me, it's about an hour on average, but for, you know, whether it's 10 minutes, I started at 15 minute increments, like whatever it takes. Yeah. But it's um, being deliberate because again, I really, uh, outside of the shower and when I'm driving is another mm. time I sing, but I don't mm. have the music turned up. So I'm mm. not, mm-hmm. you know, as my husband's dad used to say, my father-in-law um, used to say all that hibbity hop, like I don't have on a bunch mm. of hibbity hop mm-hmm. while I'm driving. So that's also a time that I usually pray and talk yeah. to God and get a download, but it's about being intentional. Um, I intentionally take music off or turn mm-hmm. the radio down so that I can have Mm-hmm. that experience like mm-hmm. so that means that I walk into these spaces with a level of expectancy like God I'm I'm available mm-hmm. like um Donnie McClurkin had a, has a song that girl when I tell you it was getting me through after college like it's, mm-hmm. it's still getting me through mm-hmm. but speak to my heart mm-hmm. and you know I usually if I'm really like God, I, I like I need to hear from you speak mm-hmm. to my heart Lord you know like mm-hmm. I know I could do it if I hear from you yeah right um but yeah I think it's just I think it's being intentional and when you talk about pace the other thing is um I think sometimes we like to believe the promise and leave out like you know, the fruit of the spirit that talks about long suffering. Hmm. Like, yes, I, you know, believe the promise. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of promises that I've believed God for. I'm still believing for, yeah. but I also understand that long suffering is real. Yeah. And sometimes those things, um, those promises don't come the way we would like them to, or as quickly as we would like them to. I remember when I turned down at a time when we, I really needed a job, I turned down um, an offer that was made to me because I really felt like I was being led in mm-hmm. this area of personal finance. It was a job to work with Steve Harvey. And I said, no, in the middle of the meeting. And even when it came out of my mouth, I was like, Lord, did I, don't need this money. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I can't. And he's like, so we had this back and forth and they thought I was absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband ended up getting a job there though, which is a whole nother God is mm-hmm. so good. like the whole thing was totally God. But long story short, the reason I was holding out is because someone had mentioned that I might be able to get a job as a financial management consultant for the nonprofit that I did. I just said mm-hmm. earlier, I ended up working for when I was mm-hmm. not, I was good, but mm-hmm. I could have mm-hmm. been a better employee. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but I held out for that, but the job was not immediate. They were building a new facility Mm. and they hadn't even broken ground. Wow. So what they thought was going to be maybe six months away, I didn't end up getting that job for over a year. Wow. Right. I still had to keep saying, God, what's next? What do you want me to do? And I found all these things to do, which was the season in which I was bartering with all those. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that, you know, if you're going to surrender, like surrender, mm-hmm. like surrender means you don't have a time limit. Yeah. You're not putting a time on God and pacing yourself means sometimes God is going to make things happen. Like, mm. I mean, you'll be at home one day and on somebody's, whatever mm. your thing is, I don't know. But for me, I went from being at home one day to next day, literally being on national television mm. and mm. it, like things were just moving, moving, moving. And then some things have come about where there were months, mm-hmm. months of that thing that I was hoping for not happening. Yeah. 
yet there were still so many winks in between mm-hmm. that I was able to say, God, I trust you. I know what's coming. Yeah. But for some people, that's five years. Yeah. You know, for some people, that's a baby that took 10 years mm-hmm. to conceive. It's different mm-hmm. for all of us. I think the thing is stay, stay in that posture of just praying without ceasing mm-hmm. and being okay with his timetable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have shared so much. Um, and I'm just like, that's why I love this podcast. And I love, I tell people I got into journalism because I love storytelling and I don't just love telling stories. I love hearing people's stories because I really, I mean, you know, Black Girls of Purpose, creating places for women to connect. It's not just the being a physical space. It's just connecting with people's stories and being Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, you dealt with that too. And so um, I'd love for you to share how our listeners can stay connected with you beyond here. I know you have a podcast. That's how Mm -hmm. I ended up uh, stumbling upon you and that you have books and stuff. So how, what's the best way for our, our listeners to stay connected with you? Well, the best way is patricewashington.com. That's patricewashington.com where you can find all things Patrice Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love in social media, my favorite place is Instagram. Mm-hmm. I really don't fool around too much in other places right yeah, now. Real. So Instagram, I'm Seek Wisdom PCW, Seek Wisdom PCW. And of course, check out the Redefining Wealth podcast on any of the you know podcasting platforms. That's my baby. That's the the podcast that wasn't supposed to be, mm. but that was another example of just sheer obedience mm. and um, has been such a blessing to me and also to women all over the world. So Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Patrice. I really appreciate you for taking out the time to talk to us and I'm excited for our women to connect with your community. Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. <laughs>